0: As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Relief line of soft gels. Plus CBD Relief, is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients, including CBD, CBDA, and Levagen plus PEA. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically-researched active ingredients, and with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman thirty for thirty percent off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for plus CBD's relief soft gels. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Our guest is Doctor Felice Gersh. Uh, she's in a multi award winning physician. With dual board certifications in OBGYN, as well as integrative medicine, Uh, she took the time to obtain a fellowship in integrative medicine through the University of Arizona School of Medicine, uh, which is a credentialing pathway for integrative doctors. She is also, and this is going to be the focus this segment, is the best-selling author of the PCOS SOS series. So uh, we welcome your perspective on uh, this pervasive problem. Uh, Fill us in on on PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome.
1: Well, it is really just an epidemic. It's the most common endocrine disorder of reproductive aged women. There's no really good statistic keeping, but it's estimated that as many as 25% of young women are actually experiencing some degree because it's a spectrum you know some people have more severe some people have milder cases but some degree maybe 25 percent of the entire reproductive age wow. population of women these days but at least 10 percent. and you know that's because we there is literally nobody collecting real data and all they can do is look at you know insurance billing data which is often incorrect so the thing is that this is pervasive this is huge and i love talking about it Because even for people who don't deal with PCOS, they don't have PCOS, although almost everyone will know somebody with PCOS, but even when it doesn't seem to be personally affecting you, there's so much to learn from this condition, because I call it the poster child condition, where reproductive issues meet metabolic issues, and how in one body, in one female body, you have all of these problems manifesting because of underlying issues involving the production and function of estradiol, the estrogen that's made by ovaries. And because estrogen is not made properly in the ovaries because of the action of the enzyme is not working properly to convert testosterone, The brain puts out the signal to the ovaries to make more testosterone because that's the precursor to the estradiol, the estrogen of the ovary. But there's like a sluggishness there in the conversion. So you end up with too much testosterone Mm. and not enough estradiol. And then to compound the problem these days is exposure to those ubiquitous endocrine disruptors, these chemicals that interfere with every aspect of of hormonal function, production, distribution, degradation, Yes, and the most research with PCOS is with BPA, bisphenol A, and the exposures during the developmental phase in the fetal time of life, when the endocrine system is developing, causes the receptors hormones, particularly the estrogen receptors, to not function properly. Hmm. So you end up with a body that doesn't make estrogen well, makes too much testosterone, the precursor, and then the estrogen that is made doesn't work well on the receptors. So it's really a deficiency state of estradiol. And estradiol is so key to all the things that we talked about before, you know, having gut health, you know, gut function that's going to be proper, the lining cells, the neurological system of the gut, and the vascular health, the production of nitric oxide in arteries through the enzyme right. system, the endothelial nitric oxide synthase. So that doesn't work properly. So then you have this myriad of health issues that are really across. Every spectrum of the body, not just reproductive, which, of course, has always gotten the most focused, but infertility, more, more now, in other it, words.
0: Yeah. it's
1: the infert well, infertility, and when women are pregnant, they have very high rates of miscarriages in every pregnancy complication, like whether it's gestational hypertension, diabetes, preeclampsia, preterm deliveries, oversized babies, undersized babies, And then you know uh, all of the you know problems relating to menstrual cycles and because they have so much testosterone they get facial hair and cystic acne and the high amounts of testosterone in turn cause other problems with inflammation and more insulin resistance and we have problems with glucose transport systems because of not enough estrogen so it's like a very complex disorder that has tremendous variety of manifestations and it's really, it's so timely now. There has been a whole bunch of articles published just in the last month showing things that I've already known for a long time and, mm-hmm. and the reason I know it is because other people know it but I don't know why they're acting like they just figured this out, that women with PCOS have higher rates of cardiovascular problems, they have higher rates of you know, heart failure after pregnancy, they have higher rates of everything you can think of because they have this hormonal imbalance that creates hormonal havoc because hormones are really a messenger information delivery system of the body. So it would be like the different organ systems are not working in proper coordination with one another, and they're not getting proper instructions. And the fallback when you don't get proper instructions is to be in a pro-inflammatory state. So women with PCOS are living in bodies that are always in a constant state, of inflammation, chronic low-level inflammation, which we now know underlies virtually every bad thing that happens as we age. That's why they call it inflammaging. But when it happens in a younger age person, somebody came up with this clever title, metaflammaging, mm. metabolic dysfunction, metabolic dysfunction linked to chronic states of inflammation. So that's really the the PCOS sort of story in a nutshell and it's fascinating Because most doctors that are dealing with even women with PCOS, they have no idea that women with PCOS, for all of these different reasons relating to estrogen deficiency states, that they don't have enough nitric oxide. And that nitric oxide deficiency is underlying a lot of their Mm. vascular issues, their gut issues, their mood and brain issues, you know, and also their immune issues because of the importance of nitric oxide in regulating the T regulatory lymphocytes that help to maintain self and you know recognizing self as opposed to developing autoimmunity so it's such a key factor the correlation between estrogen PCOS and nitric oxide and you know what happens is as we age and our hormones go down we have lower production of nitric oxide That happens in young women with PCOS. So I look at PCOS as sort of a state of accelerated aging Mm. because a lot of the diseases that we associate with older people, like hypertension and diabetes, you know, cardiovascular disease, um, those are all higher prevalence in younger women because they are not the same like women in menopause. Uh, They still have functioning ovaries, but they're functioning inappropriately, and the receptors are functioning inappropriately. So they have a deficiency of estrogen totally different in origin than menopausal women, but some of the manifestations in the body are similar, like Mm -hmm. higher rates of hypertension, sexual dysfunction. So many people, they don't understand because they have high levels of testosterone. So they think, oh, well, they're going to have higher sex drive. No, it doesn't work that way because in order to have a proper functioning sexual your know, organ system and have proper libido, you need to have everything, you need to have proper amounts of estrogen in the form of estradiol, which actually increases many of the brain peptides like oxytocin and VIP, which are very, very important. The melanocortins, appetite regulation, all of these are interrelated metabolic functions, sexual functions, and you need to have proper amounts of estradiol. And not just high amounts of testosterone. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about how the female body works. And you've got to have that nitric oxide, which is always deficient in women with PCOS. So my opinion, and now that, you know, the Berkeley um, Life products are available, when I do a, a redo of my PCOS books, I'm going to say that's an essential because I talk about it, but those products weren't on the market at that time when that, when I wrote those books. So that is so important. Nitric oxide is not optional for healthy functioning. It is not optional at all. And women with PCOS, the most common endocrine disorder of reproductive age women, it, it's always, always involved with low levels of nitric oxide. It just comes with the territory just like menopausal women have low levels of nitric oxide. And we've got to do with something about that. Just ignoring that, which is what conventional medicine is doing, is so detrimental to yeah. the health of these women.
0: The you know, standard therapy for uh, PCOS, I believe, is to, uh, just to put women on a birth control pill to regulate their periods. And maybe if they have uh, you know, insulin resistance, put them on some metformin. They're gone. Uh, right? Uh,
1: and, and that is not a good approach First of all, what this is not understanding is that when you're on birth control pills, you're shutting down the ovaries completely. So Mm -hmm. you're not like regulating the ovaries. You're just taking them offline and replacing them with these, um, they're hormones, but they're really endocrine disruptors. It's actually every ingredient in a birth control pill. If you look it up on toxicology.gov, they're listed as endocrine disruptors and it does not give you estradiol in the body. When you swallow... Or even if you take it vaginally or a patch, you end up with higher levels of estrone. And estrone does not give you the balanced effect on the estrogen receptors. So you end up in a pro-inflammatory state. That's why birth control pills are well known to increase the risk of blood clots.
0: Right. And blood strokes. clotting
1: is part yeah. of the inflammatory response, which women, who I already said women with PCOS are pro-inflammatory. So there's actually published studies showing that if you give birth control pills to women who have PCOS, you're Increasing the risk of getting blood clots above and beyond what they had to begin with, or if you give birth control pills to a woman who's actually healthy to begin with. And there's actually new articles out now showing men who are given metformin are more likely to have children if they're on it at the time that they conceive and before that they're more likely to have children who have birth defects. Metformin, mm-hmm. although it does have some good qualities, it's, an, it's actually an endocrine disruptor itself. And they give it through a pregnancy to women, and it has had almost no benefits at all, nothing like they had hoped when they did studies showing. They did not show reduction of hypertension or preeclampsia. It didn't show any of that or diabetes. None of that happened. And the children... Who are born to women on metformin throughout pregnancy? By the time those little kids are four years old, they are more metabolically unhealthy than the women who weren't on metformin. They have more body fat, more visceral Mm -hmm. fat. Mm -hmm. So you're actually giving an endocrine disruptor throughout pregnancy. Um, So it's really there. There are better approaches. I mean, nitric oxide through pregnancy. um, You know, we we don't have you know almost no studies are ever done in pregnancy with anything, right? Um, but you know, there's, in my opinion, um giving nitric oxide support supplements in pregnancy would be safe. I have to always it, say it certainly you know, could no it certainly could help data. in
0: preeclampsia, which is a condition of like uh, you know, like like uh, malignant hypertension. You know, with a circulatory shutdown, it really kind of makes sense to apply that to a condition like that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, because all of these problems that are complications are related to nitric oxide deficiencies. That's 100% preeclampsia is a vascular disease, and it affects, you know, every potential organ system in the body. And it's about time that, you know, conventional medicine woke up to what's really going on. And women for, with PCOS have much higher rates of preeclampsia, as well as gestational diabetes and hypertension. Mm-hmm. So these are um, they, women should be healthy as, as much as possible before conception. So I push everybody into like um, a lifestyle program that's so important prior to conception because preconception planning. Mom, exactly. The health of the mom both before, and by the way, the dads too, they count, but the health of the couple prior to conception, and then of course the mom throughout the whole pregnancy, is key to making a healthy baby and reducing complications. And we now have such high rates, you know, mortality, maternal mortality is higher in the United States than in any other high-income country Mm -hmm. on the planet by a lot This is like a big deal. We need to get on board with getting women healthy and not just tricking their bodies into getting pregnant with IVF and then having them be all unhealthy and then having complications and then having unhealthy children, which perpetuates this whole cycle, you know. and It's a a transgenerational
0: problem. It's not just applicable to the mom. Uh, It can be passed along to subsequent generations.
1: That's right. It changes gene expression. Mm-hmm. So, these are, that's why everyone should know about PCOS because the lessons learned really apply across the board. Like, even if you have a woman who has obesity, which is what now, like over 40% of the American yep. population is technically meets the di- diagnosis of obesity. We're not even talking about high, you know, like elevated weight, you know, high, but we're talking about true obesity. Overt obesity, not Those just really women, above
0: average weight. Not yeah.
1: just. Exactly. Those women have major metabolic dysfunctions and need to be treated in a very comparable way because they're, they're so inflamed because they have so much visceral fat. So there's so many lessons to be learned from learning about women with PCOS and, and just seeing how reproductive health and all of metabolic health. So metabolism is the production, utilization, distribution, um, elimination, storage of energy. So, I mean, that's the spark of life. If you have no energy in your brain, then you're flatlining, you know. Indeed. So energy is critically important, and you need to have proper metabolic health for proper reproductive health, and that's why all of these are interlinked, and that's why sexual function nitric oxide metabolic function vascular health brain health all of these are related to nitric oxide nitric oxide is across the board maintaining a lot of the functions of the body and a lot of people think now who are know or in the know so it's not a lot of people but of the people who are in the know that a lot of the effects of estrogen that the beneficial effects are really through its sort of facilitating nitric oxide so, uh, and you know, so it's like, you know, going down the line, you know, so you have the, the estrogen in the form of estradiol, and that helps to have the body to have more nitric oxide. And then it's the nitric oxide, that's the workhorse, that's actually doing a lot of the things that are maintaining sexual mm-hmm. function, sexual health, and metabolic health, which is all of health, all of the organs functioning
0: w- properly. What are some of the other supplements that you employ in treating PCOS? Uh, I've learned that uh, inositol is particularly helpful, a a lesser-known B vitamin.
1: So, myo-inositol is in. So, there's inositols are um, stereoisomers. So, they're like you have the same chemical formula, but they're arranged in different three-dimensional configurations in space and that's why for people who have been reading about this there's d chiroinositol there's and they actually have some different functions in the ovary myelinositol should have a ratio to d in a healthy reproductive age woman of a hundred to one you mm-hmm. should have a hundred times more myoinositol than mm-hmm. d and that's why I predominantly give just myoinositol in the liver you would tend to have more D So they have different functions in different organs. In the ovaries, the myelinositol helps to improve ovulation. It works through a different an enzyme called epimerase, which then correlates with the enzyme function of aromatase. So you, you make estrogen better. So if you just know myelinositol helps the ovaries of women with PCOS to make estrogen better and make more of it. And also it improves the quality of the eggs which in turn improves the quality of the embryos mm. so that is really key now decyronositol um, in the ovary actually blocks myoinositol that's why you have to be very um, careful that's okay. why right now i just stay away from I, I used to be a big now, fan
0: it, of of but then i learned that uh, uh myoinositol is another option but uh, you you favor in treating pcos starting with myoinositol
1: Right. Now, if you have a menopausal woman, d would be better because mm-hmm. there you're not dealing with the ovary at all. The ovary is like defunct at that point, right? Okay. In terms of making any any estrogen. But in the, so in the liver, um, the d helps with glucose regulation. So it helps with glucose homeostasis. So that's why there people are trying to look at a balance. How much do you give to this? But the other problem is too, d in the gut can block the absorption of myo. So it's a a complex relationship. We need more research on it. What's the proper ratio? Even if you give a certain ratio as a supplement, who knows what's really getting absorbed and who knows what's getting in the ovaries? And the ratios are never what the ratios are supposed to be in the ovary. And every organ system has different ratios. So uh, I just stick with myo-inositol at this time. I'm open to change as more research comes out. And after menopause, though, D-chiro should be a definite plus because it helps with glucose regulation in in a whole myriad of ways, particularly through the liver. So, and women with PCOS have problems across the board, including glucose regulation, Mm -hmm. because estrogen in the form of estradiol works the glucose transport system. So, um, it's, and also when you have all that inflammation going on in the body um, of women with PCOS, the inflammation damages the beta cells of the pancreas, you know, every inflammation damages everything. So we definitely want to do everything in our power to lower that inflammation, increase our nitric oxide, and um, and myo-inositol is probably the way to go with that. And the other supplement I always use is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. So that um, helps with glucose transport as an antioxidant and helps with ovulation. It's been shown that that can help women with PCOS to ovulate. Berberine, which is an alkaloid extract from a variety of different plants, like a blood organ sugar it, it Exactly. It works um, as an antimicrobial, anti yeast mm-hmm. in the gut. It also helps with glucose regulation, like you, like you mentioned. And so that's, um, and there was an interesting study comparing metformin to berberine for IVF in women with PCOS. And believe it or not, berberine beat metformin, which is Mm -hmm. actually not that shocking because metformin isn't that great, (laughs) you know, but berberine actually um, outdid metformin in terms of success. And then there's a whole slew of other ones that can be very important, like vitamin D, it's almost always so low in women with PCOS, Um, some form of absorbable curcumin, because that's so wonderfully anti-inflammatory and that's really, you know, the, the key to helping women with PCOS is get their inflammation under control. Um, CoQ10 in, or in the form of ubiquinol, which is more absorbable, um, is it helps with making energy, which is a problem in women with PCOS Their mitochondria are not working well. And you need to make energy to function properly. So those are some of the others omega three, you know, that's almost always another important supplement. Um, And then a multivitamin that is a prenatal vitamin typically that has the methylated B vitamins. So, you know, then and then a probiotic, that's a lot of stuff, right? So you kind of individualize because otherwise, like people can go pills. I call it pelitis, too many pills. But but those are, you know, where you look at the individual. But those are often the ones that I will mix and match as as indicated by the individual situation.
0: And and a reminder, when it comes to uh, nitric oxide supplements, our favorite is the Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Supplement. And you can find it by heading to agewellbl.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman. At checkout, you can get a 10% off your first order and free shipping. Once again, that's agewellbl.com slash Hoffman for Berkeley Life nitric oxide support supplements. Now, when it comes to diet, uh, how important is an ultra low carb diet for patients with PCOS? I'm told that uh, diet can actually uh, reduce the excess androgens, can reduce the things that cause acne and uh, hirsutism.
1: Well, what has been shown is that any time you reduce calories, you're going to have some benefit in women with PCOS. But the diet that I personally prefer is one that blends what you eat along with when you eat. So there was a fabulous study that was done out of Israel just a few years ago, where in that study with women with PCOS, they had them eat two-thirds of all the food for the day for breakfast, and then one-third for either you can call it an early dinner or a late lunch. No snacks. And in just one month, their testosterone went down by 50%. Wow. Their insulin went down by over, just over 50%, and they started ovulating. Wow. So. What does that show you? Well, everybody is on a timer. You know, we have clock genes and everything is different at different times of the day. It turns out that we are intrinsically more insulin sensitive in the morning. Our gut works better, the neurological system, peristalsis and so on. And so we're going to have lower excursions of glucose and insulin. And that is how you get everything down. When you have a lot of insulin, insulin triggers, igf1 and igf1 actually migrates into the ovary and can then increase testosterone
0: it's it's proliferative too it's also uh, potentially something that can stoke the uh development of cancer right
1: absolutely just you can't be in a pro-proliferative state all the
0: time So, so what you're describing is actually a regimen of intermittent fasting, uh, which I uh, remember well from my sojourn in Israel. Uh, I was there as a teenager working on a kibbutz, and uh, those Israeli breakfasts—boy, they were hard to beat. Uh, they'd have salad for breakfast. Like, yeah, you know, it's amazing. Oh,
1: I reckon. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. I recommend the breakfast salad all the time. Wow. So, what um, on a lot of the data that came out of recently out of Stanford. If you give a lot of fermented food, along with a lot of unprocessed high fiber food. So these are carbs, but they're unprocessed. So never like processed grains. So you're giving legumes, nuts and seeds, you know, so it's also relatively high in fat. You're giving like the ancient grains, you know, like buckwheat. Which, which, is, by the which way, is a ton wheat, of fiber,
0: and maybe that sops up the excess hormones.
1: It, it does, and it actually buckwheat creates myelinocytol naturally. So mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that's fascinating. So, you know, and then you can use like amaranth and quinoa. So these are whole unprocessed grains. So you can actually give a very high carb diet, but it's all resistant starch. It's all high fiber foods along with fermented foods. And this is the ticket to nurturing the gut microbial population, the gut microbiome, which we now have data came first out of China showing that women with PCOS have dysbiosis, abnormal gut microbial populations, which leads to leaky gut and all these problems that even cause more and more inflammation. So you've got to work, you know, how we always in everything with functional medicine, integrative medicine, work on the gut. So I don't want to give like a keto diet, to mm-hmm. these women because short-term they will lose weight like but long-term you're not nurturing the right gut microbes you're not huh. going to solve your problem with you know leaky gut and so on so uh, you know you have to deal with everyone uniquely like if someone has SIBO you got to address that but in general lots of foods that have polyphenols antioxidants nitrates along with fiber and then this the fermented foods my I eat Sauerkraut, you know, like the real kind that doesn't have processed things, kind of doesn't the, not have the stuff that's yeah, the uh, made with kind.
0: preservatives, and you know, is sitting there in a exactly. can.
1: Exactly, right. all organic with all the right. I I happen to have grown up with with sauerkraut, so I like it. I have um, a lot of Koreans in my family, and um, so I was introduced kimchi. to kimchi. Yep. In fact, my granddaughter, her favorite food is kimchi soup. She's six years old. Wow. You know. So, That's you an know, acquired start taste. Start your kids early. Yeah. I know, start early. I'm telling you, I started sauerkraut as a kid, so I really like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but you can acquire taste. And there's other fermented foods. You can even ferment yourself and save a ton of money. But this is the diet that nurtures the gut microbiome mm-hmm. and can help restore health right. to women
0: with PCOS. C- because some of the processing of, of uh, synthesis of nitric oxide occurs through... Uh, the intestinal microbes, so that's a good way to facilitate it. Oh, that's um, like half of it. Let let me just mention once again, uh, for nitric oxide support, uh, go to agewellbl.com slash Hoffman uh, for 10% off your first order of Berkeley Life nitric oxide support supplements. Uh, Dr. Gersh, how can listeners find out more about uh, your writings on the subject of menopause and PCOS
1: well I try to do my Instagram live most weeks and so if you look me up so I am dr. period dr. Felice Gersh Um, that's my Instagram and you can go to my website which is integrative because my medical group is integrative medical group of Irvine I see patients every day so, you know, I can see people in person. I can do some telemedicine. So, um, I'm here to help. And, like you mentioned, my books are out there, so they're readily available on Amazon. So, um, and I've published in peer reviewed journals. Most people are not, you know, scouring PubMed. But if you're a PubMed scourer, put my name in and you'll come up with a few of my articles that I've published in the last couple of years.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, and you'd be surprised we have a lot of wonky listeners on Intelligent mm-hmm. Medicine. They may just do that. <laughs> As I will, well, thank you very much. Uh, it was nice to make your acquaintance, Dr. Gersh. Uh, you know, you, you certainly embody a, uh, an integrative approach. You know, with your superb training in conventional OBGYN gyn uh, and your current uh, orientation to incorporate uh, natural practices along with the high-tech interventions. So, good stuff. I think your patients are well served out there at the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine. Thanks very much for joining us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and and HIPAA compliant and offers world class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free full script account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. Drhoffmanstore.com